You're listening to the Cars of Carlisle Network, podcast episode number 161, featuring special guest Lynn Paxton, curator of the Eastern Museum of Motor Racing. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind-the-scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, join us as we tour the Eastern Museum of Motor Racing with Lynn Paxton, former president and curator of the EMMR. Come along on an exclusive walking tour of the museum which houses and displays legendary racing memorabilia from NASCAR legends like Ricky Rudd to the current feature exhibit honoring racing legend Mario Andretti. It's time to head to York Springs, Pennsylvania for a -a one-of-a-kind high-speed tour. So, let's get revved up! Hello and welcome back, Cubers, to your favorite informative automotive podcast. I am your trusted host, Darren. As always, we really appreciate you coming back. It's so good to have you here with us on the latest audio road trip. Remember, this is your podcast. Together, it's all about car community, car culture. On the show today, you'll get the inside scoop from former dirt track racer and curator of the EMMR, our friend Lynn Paxton. But first, wanted to share some news with you, our loyal fans. The Cars of Carlisle team works very hard to bring great content to you week after week. In fact, we have not missed an episode since April of 2018. With some things happening and uh, with what's going on this summer and a lot of things that need to be done, uh, we are modifying for the foreseeable future that schedule from a weekly to now monthly. And and we're going to have all that great content and the show available to you on the first Tuesday slash Wednesday of every month. And we are hoping to get back to our weekly status in the not so distant future but thank you for being patient as there's a lot going on behind the scenes and need to make a little bit of extra time so thank you for staying on top of things we're going to continue to bring great content to you and we thank you for always being loyal fans and putting the word out there okay so before we start our tour with lynn paxton at the emmr just give us 60 seconds we'll be right back right now we would like to proudly mention our official OEM sponsor, Porsche Mechanicsburg. In the market for a Macan, Cayenne, 718, or 911, Porsche Mechanicsburg will match you with the perfect vehicle from their extensive inventory of pre-owned and new models. When it comes to service on these magnificent machines, their record of quality workmanship is unmatched with a staff of mechanics whose prowess in all facets of Porsche engineering is world-class. These are all time-tested trademarks that have been part of the Faulkner Auto Group since 1932. 2021 will witness an expansion of their sales and service excellence with the now-completed new state-of-the-art Porsche Center. Located at 6625 Carlisle Pike, Porsche Mechanicsburg is the destination when ready to make that dream a reality. Parked in your driveway. Okay, we are back. It's about time for this week's Trivia Challenge. 
Question is this, what oval-based race car has a greater power-to-weight ratio than an F1 car? That answer awaits at the end of this episode. So without further ado, it's time to head to the Eastern Museum Motor Racing for a private tour with the foremost expert, Lynn Paxton. Hello Cubers, this is Darren and this is Saturday morning and I am at the Eastern Museum of Motor Racing and Lynn Paxton, who you know is a guest who did the whole Arden Hemi episode. Lynn, thank you for taking time to uh, give us a private tour before you open today. No problem. We are excited to start right here as you come into the, the main lobby area and there is a current display on champion Mario Andretti and I'm going to let Lynn walk us through the audio tour of this amazing facility. Well, we have uh, five of Mario's cars here. We have uh, five of his fairly early cars uh, and we're going to honor him all summer. He's uh, our grand marshal uh, for the year. Uh, we, we pick somebody every year and, and uh, he he made the list this year, okay? Uh, this is our entrance. Uh, you can come in and see a lot of cars when you come in the foyer, uh, a lot of different stuff. Then you come in, you're gonna see the uh, Foyt exhibit, or the uh, Mario Andretti exhibit. You're gonna see the Latimer Valley Fairgrounds display case, which is on the grounds also, our half-mile racetrack that preceded Williams Grove. And then from that, we'll go right into uh, our midget display, we start out with a very, very early midget. Uh, it's uh, front-wheel drive, very crude. Uh, it's got a Henderson motorcycle four-cylinder in. Now, the reason I have this Indian here, if we had uh, a Henderson or an Indian four-cylinder, this motorcycle's worth about $50,000. So there's nobody going to make one of those out of one of those. But back in the day... Uh, they that, well, they'd take a Model T for about $10 they could buy cheap, mm -hmm. and then they'd buy a motorcycle for 75 Between the two, they'd make a race car, and that's exactly what you have here. Uh, then uh, moving on down the line, we have a, a later 30s car. This has got a Van Blurk uh, boat motor, single overhead cam, and every one of these motors is different, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, moving on the line, we have the 1941 championship car, the Gordon Racing Team, and this has an outdoor outboard. It's two-stroke. They went like crazy, but that is what is in this particular motorcycle, or this particular midget. Then we have uh, an early car here built in 1937 with a V860 flathead Ford in it. Uh, Henry put those in his Fords and from 37 to 40, uh, economical, a small flathead. Mm -hmm. They weren't worth a hoot in the cars, but they were very good Not for sure, yeah. building a small racing motor. Uh, the next one up, this one's very unique. This has World War II BMW oh. cylinders that they made to crank and block back in the 40s. And it reminds you of a Volkswagen. Okay. But uh, that very, very competitive, the weight down low. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, pretty much an original Hilligus car here. It also has a V860 in it. Our next car has a Ford tractor engine, a Fergie, four-cylinder in it. Uh, our next car has an Offenhauser, and this is a car that Mario Andretti won three races in one day in. <laughs> so Mario's pretty proud of that car. Sure. And then the last car we have on display right now is the Kenny Bren car, that car, uh, very unique. They called it ugly because it was a little wider in the back, and uh, they gave it a nickname back in the 60s when it was built. Uh, they called it Phyllis. 
You know why? Large. No, because the, how do I say it, the most unattractive movie star then was Phyllis Diller. Ah. <laughs> so they called the car Phyllis, but it, it won all kind of races and it really, <laughs> really great. Now, we do have a, a, a newer car coming that uh, runs the Chili Bowl, but I don't have that car in it. We're, we're kind of tough for space right oh, now. I was going to say, you guys seem impressed. Yeah. This is our Tommy Hendershitz area. Uh, this was uh, in 1989. We first built the museum. We went and pulled everything out of Tommy's garage and brought it over here, as is the picture in 1955. So uh, nice. what you're looking at is real. And if you look at the tools and stuff, it's still being used. The lathe works. Uh, if we need to cut something, sure. you know, down, we, right. we do it. Absolutely. That's tremendous. The, the uh, Riverside car is the last car Joey Chilwood drove. Uh, its original owner, the first owner of the car, was Briggs Cunningham, a sports okay. car fame, yeah. which a lot of people, that surprised a lot of people oh, yeah. that he was in a dirt track. Sure. We have a lot of stuff here on Tommy Hendershitz. Uh, this is the Ted Horn corner. Uh, we have a lot of, we have the largest memorabilia of Ted Horn. He was three times national champion, 46, 47, and mm. the last race, 48, he was killed. And uh, this was a car he won 23 out of 24 races, the sprint car Dominating. in 1948, was dominant. Mm. And believe it or not, it was one of Mary Andretti's very first sprint car. He said it was the biggest piece of crap in Europe, but. <laughs> That was in the 60s compared to the 40s yeah, when it was yeah, king of the hill. Yeah, It's called the one, end of one ear and the beginning of another. Okay. Our area here is uh, our sprint car area. And we're going to start out with this bobtail. Okay. Uh, this was built in the 20s. Very crude, but very, very, it was a very dominant car. Okay. It was very light. It was low. Look at the tractor seat offset. Oh, no, no kidding, yeah. Yeah, and you see there was no protection back there. Oh, my heavens. And uh, there's the goggles and the helmet and the bow tie. If you look on the picture, oh, sure enough. always wore a bow tie, you know. Wow. So uh, this is, uh, we've got this car in from Davenport, Iowa, from the Gerber family. Wow. And it just tells an early and but it was just an absolute that helmet car. wouldn't do anything but keep your hair down would it well, that's about right <laughs> separate the blood from the yeah, never mind yes uh the next car is uh dick vermeil's car it was louis vermeil his father uh, -huh. uh it's been a little over restored i kid dick about sure, that a little yeah, bit but yeah. dick of course still lives in pennsylvania and he was gracious enough to let us have his dad's car yeah. which he owns now okay Okay. All right. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's elegant. That's for sure. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Uh, next car we have is this Ranger powered aircraft. Okay. That's an aircraft engine. World War II Ranger aircraft engine. Would that be at like a like similar like what Merlin would have put into the Mustang? Well, well, these these were in trainers and oh, stuff. Trainers. Okay. The prop one on here that would have been top front. Sure. Right. Okay. Then to put them in a race car. See, after World War II, they surplused them. You could buy them 50, 75 bucks in a crate, oh, wow. but they put the same horsepower as the Offenhausers, and for 75 bucks, again, $4,000, you know. Yeah. So you flipped it. They looked heavy, but they were actually light. They only weighed 375 pounds. That is light. But that's what's in this. Wow. Now, this is more or less what most of the sprint cars look like in the, 
in the 40s uh, into the early 50s. Now, we, I showed you the real pretty cars, mm -hmm. but most of them were like this, kind of plain Jane, not sure. all chromed up. Sure. But those cars were the king of the you know mm -hmm. the, the king of the heap you know well i noticed that even the radiator cap looks like something you'd find on a phaeton or something with the well that's true uh what it is it's your temperature gauge sure yeah you, you know the, the bar yeah rise yeah now we're moving up of course now you're into the into the mid 60s and when the roll bars yeah. first appeared yeah this was the first uh, cook car out of cunningham pennsylvania uh i actually drove for them uh, the, Did the car, I didn't drive this car. Okay. I drove their second car. Okay. And matter of fact, my first sprint car ride—that's the start of the feature. I'm in that '38 car there on the oh. outside. That was my very first sprint car. That's Allentown, 1968. Yeah. Talk a little bit about how, what that first race felt like. Well, it, it, it was first race in a oh, okay. sprint in, in car. A sprint. Okay. okay. Well, I'd been running super modified, sure. and, but I got a chance to go down and run, and uh, it just—I remember how light everything was you know mm -hmm. nothing over top of you yeah. but they dropped the green flag your job is to pass the guy in front of you yeah. and that's yeah. of course that's what i did yeah and i realized that maybe it wasn't the safest thing in the world so <laughs> now i think this is interesting see these are side panels uh -huh. off the race car the government didn't always know when it was helping sponsor a car <laughs> Okay, I brought those in when I picked a couple of cars out in the old north. The guy said, "You want these?" I said, "Yes, I do. I want that." Uh, here we have a Trevis car. This car was run by Ray Telly and uh, Kenny Weld. It was uh, uh, it was car was unbeatable back in the mid '60s. Uh, the, now, what what distinguished it? Was it the uh, well? It, it had a. Bud Grimm was a tremendous mechanic. He always ran Ford engines. Okay. Well, most others were running Chevys. Okay. But between him and, and Ray Tilly's mm -hmm. driving ability, they were unbeatable in the mid-60s. They cool. were. Had Ray not gotten hurt in 69, uh, I don't think I'd had as many wins as I had. Wow. Then you move up uh, to this. This is one of the Bob Weikert cars. Uh, Kenny Weld and then Paul Pisser drove this car. And... Uh, Bob was from just down the road here in Fairfield, Pennsylvania. He owned a lot of race cars. I mean, he had Doug Wolfgang in here. They were the top winners for a while. Mm -hmm. And a uh, uh, very good racing team. And it really does take a team. If you get that good dynamic. Yeah, yeah you can have the has... best of this and the best of that. But if you don't have a it team that kind of. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. I've seen a lot of good, good equipment not win simply mm -hmm. because it, now this is the car that i won the national open with an 82. wow uh this was the first car donated to the museum uh mr boot passed away he was 99 years old and uh, he was he was a great guy he was a world war ii veteran decorated hero so i he, talk a little bit about i mean you're almost you're, you're pushing straight down on the pedals like i never really quite well it's it's what your comfort zone is okay. uh Actually, you got a heel block in there. You're you're pushing forward, but okay. uh, each car is designed for a particular driver. Okay. Now, if you get a guy with got real long feet, you got to move things back a little bit. If you got a guy that a little shorter, mm -hmm. it's it's okay. all and, and it's even worse now. The seats and everything are all made for the body of mm -hmm. the drivers and mm -hmm. stuff. 
But uh, I see this is you have your name painted on there and everything. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, now here's Davy. Davy was my mechanic back then. Of course, he's still. A, they're going to honor him this Friday at Williams Grove. He's 86 Good. years old. There's nobody won more races. He's won over 1,500 wow. races in his career. We're going to take a quick break. We're only going to be gone for just about 60 seconds. Do you have a bucket list? Is there an entry on that list that reads something like, drive a supercar on a racetrack? Well, if so, we know how to help. Check out one of our valued corporate sponsors, Extreme Experience. They make supercars accessible to anyone. In fact, Extreme Experience travels to over 30 racetracks around the United States with a fleet of supercars so that anyone can drive the car of their dreams. And that fleet includes Porsches, Lamborghinis, McLarens, Ferraris, and more. Some of those exotic supercars you'll find on the website include the Ford Mustang Shelby GT500, the Corvette C8 C51, the Mercedes AMG GTR, the Porsche 911 GT3 RS, Ferrari 488 GTB, and more. Anyone over the age of 18 with a valid driver's license can drive, and those drives start at $109. There are no limiters or adjustments made to the cars so that you can get the maximum speed possible. In fact, along with your price comes a professional instructor who's sitting in the passenger seat, and they are going to be encouraging you to go faster. I've done it, and it is awesome. If you're not ready to drive or you'd like to take along friends and family for another type of thrill, well, there is a high-speed ride-along available for anyone ages 12 or older. Those start at $69. And for this season, the Charger Hellcat Y-Buddy will be used for the ride-along. So it is your turn to experience the thrill of racing an exotic supercar on a real racetrack with no speed limits and no experience necessary. Be sure to visit TheExtremeExperience.com, that's T-H-E-X-T-R-E-M-E, X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E dot com. And let's get back to our interview. How many lived to be 99? 99, yeah. Mr. Boop to 99. Yeah. Wow, what a He's full a great life. Guy. Yeah. And you know what? The whole time I drove for him, I never knew about his uh, World War II record, Battle of the Bulge, and, mm. and uh, he never talked about it. But he was a, he was a tremendous gentleman, you know. Mm. Uh, we have here, this is Steve Kinzer's car. Even with the flat tires, we're going to blow them up. Mm -hmm. uh, this is What I like about this car, it's unrestored. It's just the way he won Syracuse in 88. Okay. It was taken home. It was not restored. Nothing done to it. I remember watching him race. Yeah, he was king of the outlaws. This car here is one that we're going to be selling. Uh, we're going to be selling the uh, Stan Lobitz collection. And uh, actually, there's... A few of the cars here that I pointed out are going to be sold at his collection. We've got a whole bunch more stuff over next okay. door. But this was a car Bob Swikert was driving when he lost his life back in back in the mid-50s. And uh, the car was restored. It's got a 220 in it. Okay. This is the Hamilton car. Uh, Al had a lot of great cars. I was lucky enough to drive for him for a couple of years. Al just passed away this past year. Uh, this one was actually, we traced the serial number, and this was a car that Fred Raymer won quite a few races in. Okay. Now, Fred also won in this. This is a Joe Harz car. Very, very nice example. Mm -hmm. Now, I told him I didn't want the wing because I didn't want to block the view of our things over there. Sure, so yeah. I said, you've seen one wing, you've seen another. <laughs> This is uh, what a sprint car back in the 40s and 50s, they built them out of hand-pound aluminum. Mm. And
and this is Hilly's car built in Allentown, Pennsylvania. You start with a flat piece of aluminum, and then you uh, here the nose is pounded in two halves. Oh my! Then they trim it and weld it together. Okay. The nose and the tail, and of course the hood and stuff was made. A lot of work there. Oh my! Look at the strike the marks. Oh my! Yeah, the craftsmanship. Yeah. They made about two a month. Okay. And uh, look what they cost. This was in the early 50s. What you see on the stand there, $925. Oh my gosh. That'd be a $10,000 bill for sure today. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. This is a neat car. This is a car Billy Pouch set the world record at Syracuse. Mm -hmm. Went 144, average 144 mile an hour with this car. Wow. Now this car's going to be going to Knoxville here in another week. Oh yeah, we we rotate with the Sprint Car Hall of Fame. World's fastest hunting Yeah. What what we just did? We just walked through the first uh, the the original museum, okay. and uh, we're going into the two story area now. Which uh, we, we've got our wall of engines here. I think that was when you said just the yeah, the full hundred years ago. Yeah, right there. That those two team. engines are a hundred years. It's amazing. And then you 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 know you can go up and down from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then uh, I don't know if you saw the solar car or not. Oh, the solar wow, race car. Yeah. That was Messiah's College. The last race it ran, it ran from Chicago to L.A. Once a year they'd go somewhere and run. Wow. That's the body, and there's the chassis. And they donated that to us here a couple of years ago. The rest of the cars in here are all drag racing cars. Like you said, we have Bruce Bruce Larson's car. Mm -hmm. We've got <coughs> we've got a little everything here. Drag cars, uh, altered roadsters. Stock car, yeah. You know, we, we've got it all here. You really do. Very very unusual. If you want to, we'll walk back through. Sure thing. Yeah, there's just so much history. Yeah, there is. You can't comprehend it all in one day. No. I've had people been coming in here for a long time, and they say, how long has that been here? I said, four years. Well, I didn't see it. I said, well, you get overwhelmed sometimes. <laughs> this is our theater, and you could have quite a race by the uniforms that are in here. Oh, wow, yes. There's Ted Horn and Tommy Henderson. These are all Hall of Famers over here. It's, uh, it's amazing. It really is. We, uh, we've got some real headliners. And then we have some that never want to feature, but yeah, yeah. they saw fit to give us a uniform. We make sure they get sure. in our hall of honor also. I think that's great that you do that. I'm giving you a quick overview, if that's okay. Of course, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's go upstairs. Is that uh, Linda Vaughn? Yes. yes yeah, Linda usually comes once a year, so you oh, yeah. shift my gears. She's always bringing us something. She's a piece of work. Yeah, she's great. For a lady of her age, she is great. She, mm -hmm. She's seen it all. And what was really impressive to me is that she is. She just wants to give. Just oh, she is. So she's, about helping others. And yeah, she's she's a neat lady. She's a, quite an ambassador to the whole. She place. is. Mm -hmm. She is. But she's seen it from '63 right on up. She's seen it all. Mm -hmm. She knows them all. Yep. Now this is our stock car area. Uh, our NASCAR is over there, and then our early stock cars from the old full-body oh, yeah. coupes to the cut-downs to the overheads, oh, and then to the supers with no body, and then from then you either went stock car racing or sprint car racing. That's how it went around here. We have, of course, modifieds. Richie Evans, 
he's in the NASCAR Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. tremendous modified driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, late model, uh, a couple of modifieds. We have the car that Bill Elliott flipped down. Those are pictures of him flipping yeah. down at Talladega. Yeah, and that is the that is the chassis that he flipped. This uh, this particular area we built in 2000, and then we built this in 2000. How many guests do you see through the EMMR each year? I can't you know? tell you because we don't charge admission. Uh, okay. uh, there's times that we may get a hundred on a good day, mm-hmm. and then when we have the fair and stuff, we got thousands of people. I don't know how many we get. How you do know. you how, how do you sustain? Is it through the events? The sustain it is the events down to fairgrounds. Sure. Yeah, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, all museums are losers. You got to have something that makes some money, and our only thing is the events we have at the fairgrounds helps pay. Doesn't pay for our capital expansion, but it does mm-hmm. pay for mm-hmm. the lights and the heat. Maintenance. And, you know. Yeah, operational. And you got to remember, we're all volunteers. Mm-hmm. Nobody paid here on staff. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of a labor of love for most people. Yeah. Now, uh, this we built this in in uh, 2000, and uh, this, of course, is Bonneville. We have a oh, section yeah. here on Bonneville. This and that were Bonneville racers, and a tire blowing out at 400 mile an hour. Oh my gosh. Uh, also, we're home to Gettysburg Region of the Antique Car Club of America. Mm-hmm. So we let them have a piece in, and they have their events, their uh, events here once a year. So nice. this is kind of the they got to need his clubhouse in town. Yeah, they okay. do. Yeah, they do. Of course, motorcycles. We got a little everything. We've got this hill climber here, all original, 1936, and we got this flat tracker that ran in Williams Grove, and then we have this with fairings and stuff, the Daytona bike. Okay. Right. Shawley's ran it. Daytona. That bike set all kind of records out at out at Bonneville. In there is our research libraries. Uh, Chris Economaki funded us, and he also gave us his whole book collection. And it's just amazing the stuff that's coming in. It really is a special thing. And I'm sure you partner with the AACA and yeah, we we do a lot. We do horse trading with anybody. You know, Uh, we're not in competition with anybody we're that's right the other way around we the more we enhance them it helps us and that's it right. helps them too that's right amf snowmobiles were built where harley is wow. harley owned them at the time and then a few of us booked on in the winter time and we raced i run second in the world championship for that particular <laughs> unit right there that was it like lake ice like it was uh, well the you? the half mile world champion is still at Eagle River, Wisconsin. That's okay. where I run second okay. with that at Eagle River, wow. Wisconsin. But that was a thrill. Yeah, it was. It was fun running them. Uh, we come, these are miniature race cars that they used to over at. Uh, they had a lot of racetracks around. They run those little ones. They had tether cars and they had a track that you could run them on. They would okay. really go fast. But some of them are worth thousands and thousands of oh dollars a piece. This is our indie area over here. Uh, we, uh, those are original doors <coughs> off of Indy. Okay. They were taken down in 85, put up in the 20s, and okay. we didn't even repaint them. They're there. Wow. Uh, this is a Miller that was really the first 
That's a picture of India in 1911, and they were nothing but stripped-down stock cars. Yeah. It wasn't until Miller and Duesenberg started building real road cars in the 20, and that's what this is. Okay. Now, the car in, in the area right there is the last dirt car to run at Indy in 1956. It was owned by an uh, owner here, and uh, he lived in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and uh, he, uh, uh, where, of course, it's backwards, I should have it. Sam Trailer was the owner, and I'm sorry to say this car killed three drivers in four years. Uh, here's, uh, oh my, I know, I know. There's, uh, I race against Gus. This was Dick Lindery's older brother. He's going over the wall at uh, down Trenton and it killed him. And in the next race at Langhorn, they put uh, Dan Johnson in it. He won Langhorn with it. And then the next race is at Williams Grove for Indy cars. Throttle stuck in another car. He got killed in it. And then Hugh Randall got killed in it two years later at Langhorn. So, uh, you know, it's uh, kind of a gruesome. Mm -hmm. Now, this is Al Keller. He's the one that drove it at Indy in 56. Al Keller got killed in a race car in 1960-61. Not in this car. But he had a young daughter. She moved back to the Phoenix area, grew up, married a Bush. Grandsons, Kyle and Kurt Bush. It's a small world. It really yeah. is a small yeah. world. A lot of stuff in here from... Well, there's Foyt and there's Thompson and oh, yeah. uh, Henderships. And in other words, there's a lot of history in here, but it's the same thing. We use this yeah. too, yeah. you know. Right, right. I like the fact that you make it hands-on for kids and that it's yeah. nothing is too you know off off base. Now, the, well, I can't say nothing is uh, any cars we have on loan. Sure. We control like it's not ours. Right. If we own it. Then we allow kids in it. Like my race car is always available for somebody to send in, and then we have the other cars. So mm -hmm. I tell them, I say, just ask me what you want to sit in, and mm -hmm. I can tell you if we can or we mm -hmm. can. But you make it interactive to the degree you can. Yes, which is great. Yeah. There's AJ Foyt at Williams Grove in the Swatson wow. car. Wow. And uh, this. Ran the first champ car race at the Grove in '49. Tommy Hendershot's in it right there, and then uh, later on, Troy Rutman won the next year in the car, and he also sat in the pole and <coughs> ran Indy also with it. So many <coughs> pieces, little everything for sure. Like I said, if there's something here, we don't put things up to fill a hole. They're put up to tell a story. Yeah, there's a meaning, yes. Now, Absolutely. I'll take you over to our next, which is, uh, we're going to have a big sale here in uh, the 3rd of October. Actually, right between Carlisle and Hershey. The fig market at the end of yep. the year. Mm -hmm. Yep, And uh, that Sunday, what we try to do is, So we're, we've got things over there that we're going to sell some of the cars. And then we have, these are some of the parts that we have brought down from Stan Lobitz's collection up in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. Okay. So this stuff's all going to be sold plus the cars. 
Uh, very neat. It's going to be some very neat stuff. Sure thing. And we have another load this size to come down. Oh, my word. Yeah. Space is more than Space, a Space, it is. Now. While we're building a store, you're building across the street. Okay. And until that gets yeah, up, it's gonna be. We, I can't bring anything more down. I understand that. So we're just trying to get things sorted out. And, mm -mm -mm. and we have a microfish machine back there. We've got all the racing records there. We've got a player there. Those are all full of uh, VCRs and what have you. Mm -hmm. And if you find something you like, you can take it down and play it in the theater. Okay. And if you notice all the books around here, oh, yeah. well, we outgrew the library with them, so we brought all the books over here. So we have all the hot rods and speed age and and road and track. Yeah, we have every every wow. uh, issue of those. So if somebody wants to come and do some homework or research. They certainly can. Yeah. That is impressive. Wow. Well, then this is been so eye-opening i had i knew it was an impressive facility but my goodness until you see it it's just yeah it uh it's sensory overload it, it, you're right it, it is <laughs> yeah, even if uh even if you're a die-hard fan you can get lost in here oh, really sure. easy so and anyone that comes i'm sure they learn something there's no way to know i learn something here every the, the yeah. person that walks in the door may know something about here and i have a system you know, they said, well, how do you know if they're telling you the truth? I said, well, I've got a bad habit of talking to somebody about something I know quite a bit about. Mm -hmm. And if the answers they give me are good, then I'm going to believe them. But if they're off in left field, I just close my ear and don't listen <laughs> to what they tell me. I said, yeah. terrible way to do it, but that's exactly how I do it. <laughs> you find out if they're a windbag or if they know what they're talking right, about. Right. Sure. Sniff test. <laughs> well, excellent. Anything else before we... we no, I think, uh, you know, we're open Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays, mm -hmm. 10 to 4. Mm -hmm. uh, we have special events all summer. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the ACA Car Show coming up. That's in June 12th. And, and then we your, have End the Fair. Your website, it's, how would they find you there? Yeah, well, it's uh, www.emmr.org, okay? And our fair is coming up June 25th, 6th, and 7th. All right, so the Landmore Valley Fair. Come on, if you're local, come on out and support. Yep, I'll give you one of those. Thank you. That's, that's what helps uh, keep the lights on. Yep, that's exactly right. And a huge thank you to Lynn for his help and, and taking the time to give us a private tour of the EMMR. Certainly got to see everything through his eyes and his expertise. Uh, just as curator, you can't ask for a better tour guide. So thank you so much, Lynn. We are grateful and I'm glad to be friends with you. All right, Cubers. Now, for that trivia answer. If you recall at the beginning of the show, I'd ask, what oval-based race car has a greater power-to-weight ratio than an F1 car? And the answer is a sprint car. Believe it or not, modern-day sprint cars can reach nearly 150 miles an hour on the half-mile oval. So you figure that a outlaw sprint car which comes in at 1400 pounds 900 horsepower compare that to an f1 car an f1 car has to be 1628 pounds and at 800 horsepower so without a doubt an outlaw sprint car is formidable well friends that takes us to the end of this week's audio journey we look forward to having you coming back for the next session don't forget to check back with us the first Tuesday of July. We'll be here with the new episode. 
because together it's all about car community, car culture. For now, I'll sign off with drive well, be well, take care.